Hello, you candid cats. It's Caroline, back again for episode three of the Pseudo Intellect podcast. Hopefully the audio quality will be less balls the more episodes I do. I'm just banging these out on my phone, currently sitting on my bed, so this is amateur. Now, for this episode, it's just me, so perhaps you can get to know me a little better, but apologies for the delay in getting this episode out. Life's just got in the way. My job's pretty demanding. I do quite long hours, along with, you know trying to have a sex life and staying hair free, seeing my friends, trying to drink enough water, spending time with my family, scratching my dog behind his ears, meal prep, bit of exercise, you know, keeping up with the news. Anyway, this episode is a bubble and squeak mishmash of thoughts here. Visually represented, it's probably looks like Kandinsky's Composition 8. It's a piece of art. So I wanted to speak about how I got to be doing this and why I'm doing this, hence what's my why as the title. I've learned things that I think has universal value to any man, woman or beast listening. I'll talk about some of the most pertinent things that instigated changes in mindset in order for me to make practical changes in my life and also reevaluate and alter my short-term and long-term goals. Essentially, change the master plan, to be honest, although I'm not going to go into that right now. But I've certainly made some progress internally and externally, and you're likely thinking, whoa, whoa, easy girl. You may think what I'm saying is unsubstantiated because I don't have any real tangible success, but I suppose it depends on what you define as success. But progress is the most important thing for an individual because we're all jumping off different platforms. Let's take, for example, I did a half marathon on the weekend. It was my first and many people will be like, bruh, that's easy. And yeah, I didn't find it too much of a challenge. But for a girl who isn't very disciplined, certainly not with exercise anyway, I had to comply with some consistency in the training. Now it's done, I don't really see it as a big achievement as I know I'm capable of more. But what it did was widen my circle of comfort. And now that I've done it and I've felt and gone through the process of what it takes, it's given me confidence to take on another and bigger challenge. And humans actually often crave stimulation and challenges because most of our life is routine and we think the same thoughts, go to the same places, chat the same, codswallop about the same thing. I bet you don't have many original thoughts in a day unless you're very creative by nature or you leave yourself alone with your thoughts, which is key for original thought. That's when we're most creative. But most of us don't do that because we bombard ourselves with information via WhatsApp, social media, the news, work, TV, reading, yada, yada. Anyway, digressing. I'm guilty of that though. But what I'm really glad about is how having the half marathon as a goal has changed my lifestyle. I exercise now about three times a week and from doing nothing before to that is progress. And if exercise were a pill, we would all be taking it. It's vital for our physical, mental and cognitive health. It's part of our circadian rhythm. It keeps disease at bay. You release endocannabinoids when you run 
And that's like a high from weed. Mans don't need no drugs. Mans just needs to run. So back to the point, our lives are just too convenient. And I'm pleased that exercise is now a habit of mine. Habits are hard to break, but they're also hard to form. But I think I've cracked it. So the next goal is a marathon, which I see as a pretty big challenge. But for someone else, well, maybe it's not a big challenge. But for someone else, maybe a 5K is a big challenge. Because what if that person can't run for two minutes without stopping? Then a 5K is essentially the same to them in relative terms as a marathon is to me. Also, the fact that I'm even doing this podcast shows progress. Now, metacognition regarding beliefs has been pivotal in changing my mindset. Sure, I understood what the word belief meant before. And I had a hazy idea that I had a belief system largely based on my social conditioning and experience of life so far. But I didn't really view them as a major barrier to me. The views that I held previously were limiting my life. And well, I didn't really give it much thought and I didn't see them as something I could change if I really wanted to. I mean, I didn't even really know I needed to change them. And I certainly didn't know I had beliefs that I didn't know were there. And I shan't labor this point as episode one takes a deeper look. But I previously would have viewed doing this podcast as not something that I could do, something other people do, but not for me. So why do we assume other people are no more than us or are better than us? Going back to the half marathon example, it's just it's just at the top of my mind. Now I know what it takes. I don't know why I put it off for so long. And I've realized I've been doing that with so many other things in life and think, well, you know, when I see other people doing things, I think, well, they're doing it and they must be more capable. So that isn't for me. Or actually this happens often. People assume that other people are good at something because it's an attribute and not a skill. Sometimes though, the reason people are good at something is because they found it so hard before, but they chipped away at it over time and put in the work. They cared enough about fixing the problem. I'm sure you've seen many memes and captions uh, on your self-help instas about this, um, but I'm a real person and I'm experiencing it now. And I'm telling you, it's you that's stopping you and no one can do it for you. So just by doing this podcast, I'm massively increasing the chance of its success, however you define success. But all being said, there needs to be a purposeful doing of it. I can't just do this and not be a bit proactive at trying to get the podcast out there. Uh, and if you're thinking of law of attraction, you can just send out subliminal good thoughts. That's balls. I, I don't think that's what the proponents of the law of attraction actually meant. But in terms of beliefs, I would say don't believe everything you think, especially if it's preventing you from getting what you want and you've got to back yourself. So if you haven't listened to episode one of the Pseudo Intellect podcast, then do so because I'm speaking with Nikhil who actually knows what he's talking about. Now one's ego. I briefly mentioned this in the first episode. I'm just going to check I'm recording because Christ, doing one take here and that I am, yes. Okay. Now, one's ego. I mentioned this in the first episode, but only briefly. This may not be what you think it is, unless you've read some spiritual literature already, because 
I didn't know until I read The Power of Now. It's a book by Eckhart Tolle. Maybe if I say the word ego, you might be thinking of Freud or Carl Jung's explanation of the ego. I'm no expert on this topic, but I learned a little about it and it's helped me a lot. So I thought I'd share. Eckhart Tolle's explanation has a few facets and generally it's an Eastern philosophy take on what the ego is. It makes sense to me. I'm not religious and for a long time I was staunchly atheist, nihilistic in my views, in fact. But I'm becoming a little more spiritual or more open and intrigued by spirituality. But I've got a long way to go. I'm planning on reading Waking Up. It's a book by Sam Harris. He's a massive skeptic and a man of science. Uh, He's a neuroscientist. I really respect him. Essentially, the book is a guide to spirituality without religion. And it covers the illusion of the self, psychedelics, meditation, secular spirituality. So I'm planning on reading that. I'll let you know what I think. Anyway, Eckhart Tolle, who wrote The Power of Now, explained the ego to be a false perception of oneself as a separate being, distinct and different from others. It's a false self, a screen derived from mental conditioning. It's thoughts and emotions through which we see and act on the world. So all our biases come into this. And he says that your ego is not you. Your thoughts are not you. The real you is the observer of your thoughts. Eckhart Tolle in the book tells you to watch the thinker. He introduces that idea very early on in the book. And this episode isn't to teach you fully about the ego. It's really complex. But essentially, he proposes we, humankind, are all part of a collective consciousness. We're not separate from each other, but our ego makes us think that we are. I've only learned a little bit about this. It's one of the many things that's infiltrated and resultantly changed my mindset to get me to what I'm doing now, doing a damn podcast for you lovely people. So what I would also say is Ryan Holiday's book is titled The Ego is the Enemy, and he defines it as an unhealthy belief in our importance, arrogance, and self-centered ambition. So what I take from the different schools of thought is that Our ego makes us care too much about what other people think of us. It gets us too much in our head. means that we live in the past that we can't do anything about. It means that we live in the future that we don't even know we have. But by relinquishing one's ego, it allows us to be more present and happier. A big ego stops us from doing the work required for our big goals because we have hyperinflated smaller ones. Without our ego, we can be more gracious. You know, you could endure rumors about you. Let's say, for example, they they weren't true because the only reason that you would get sucked into defending yourself and fighting back and ensuring that people don't think that of you is your ego because you can't bear the thought of others thinking bad of you. But getting sucked in, you just get into a whole hot mess of negativity and It's better to move on, be gracious, and that's the stronger thing to do. And reducing our ego helps us do things that we want to do. And I think it makes us more genuine as people. So it means you aren't scared. If you're not scared about what people think of you, then you're more likely to be honest with people and therefore consequently more genuine. It also helps you live in reality. 
because you don't foster people pandering to you. That doesn't help you. How are you meant to know what to work on in yourself otherwise? We all need truthful feedback so that we can learn and grow. It's better to live in reality. Now, I'm not suggesting that you become enlightened and sit in an absolute ethereal bliss in a cave in Tibet. But there are many things I take away from those books. And actually, there are lots of videos online um, by both authors. So so do have a look, because I'm sure you'll have lots of questions about what I've just said. They are often answered online, but it's such a big topic. I just wanted to mention it to introduce the idea to you if it's never something that had occurred to you, because that was the case with me until the idea was introduced to me. And, and then I, I read a bit. So the why from that is I want to decide hustle for financial reasons. This particular side hustle as well is because I enjoy it and it gives me meaning. And I feel like it's a positive endeavor for me and others. And also, I think it's helping to facilitate the reduction of my ego because I'm totally putting myself out there. Anyone listening can cut me, but so be it. I truly view critique differently now. I'm not saying that I'm 100% resilient and that people can't hurt me. Of course they can, but I'm willing to take the risk that they can rather than just refrain from any opportunity to be embarrassed or hurt. So that's progress in itself, definitely for me. Relationships. Yeah, I view those differently now. Due to the influence of someone very important to me, it's really instilled that you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most, no matter how much of your own person you think you are. Those people around you influence you more than you know, often subconsciously. For an example, let's say you're at uni, you're ambitious, none of your friends are, you view yourself a bit differently to them but you hang out with them. They work, so they have their evenings free. You should be studying in the evening. Your uni people, friends, would likely be studying in the evening, but you're not hanging out with them. You're hanging out with another group of friends. You'd be likely to be more inclined to study if you were hanging out with your uni friends. But because as humans, we compare ourselves to others and we gain norms and we compete. So we're more likely to study because everyone else is. But if you hang out with people who aren't studying, it creates a different norm in your mind. I mean, actually, an obvious one is culture. You grow up. Oh, actually, I, I have friends at work um, where it's not the norm in their culture to go to a pub and drink alcohol. Yet in my Irish culture, it is. That's the primary way we, we socialize. Therefore, the people and essentially the culture that you are in will dictate your actions and the decisions that you make. So you are heavily influenced by those around you. And consequently, once I realized how much, I mean, I know it's stating the obvious, but I, I don't think people realize how, how much it can change your life if you surround yourself with the right, I say in quote marks, the right people. I probably have fewer relationships now because of it, but they're higher in quality. So don't be afraid to say goodbye to someone if they're not a good influence, just because you have history. I'm not advocating abandoning people who need your help, but if people are not good to be around, then consider letting them go. Some people in our lives are transient and that's okay. You can't hold on to everyone. Often this happens organically, but, and I bet you don't cry over it then, 
But when a conscious decision needs to be made, that can often be hard. But sometimes the right decisions are, are the hardest. So the why from that links to beliefs again, because it was instilled in me by a person that I spend a lot of time with, that I can do this podcast, hence surrounding myself with that person who consequently instilled certain beliefs in me. And also just seeing his life day to day, he's really ambitious and he looks at life differently, unconventionally, albeit, but that shifted my norms. So without him, I wouldn't be doing this. Also, since I've done this podcast, I feel like I'm working towards something and humans love that. We're very goal-orientated creatures, which is opposing the whole live-in-the-moment rhetoric that's out there. But because I started to do something that I said I would, it feels good. And once you start, once you start, you get some momentum because you want that feeling to continue. And you listening may think, hold on, chill out. You're on episode three of a podcast that has about hundred or so listeners. Come back to me when you have hundreds of thousands. Sure. But I am just starting out and we all must start somewhere. And everyone who's mad successful has far more failures than those who don't. So have a think about what do you want to do that you haven't done, that you've been putting off. Do it. Just start. It may be crap. It may be of poor quality. It may not be what you initially envisaged but you started and that is the hardest part. You can change it as you go along. A lot of entrepreneurs, artists, they promote the spray and pray. So throw everything you've got at it because one of those things is likely to work and you'll figure it out. So just start now, go. You don't know that you have next year or next month. Oh Christ, I, I read an article on this website called Wait But Why? You need to see it because telling you just won't do it justice. Anyway, I'll tell you and then I'll, I'll post it. They did a visual representation of how many days, weeks, months, years you're likely to have left um, in your life. So this is presuming that you'll live till 90. And they did a visual representation of this in, in little dots. They did one for how many days you're likely to see your parents. Seeing it just made me shit my pants. It made me so sad. I'll post it on Insta and Facebook because I ho hopefully it galvanizes you to just get going with your aspirations, which would be marvelous. You don't have to let there to be something tragic in your life to happen, to remind you of the sad fact that life is short. Yes, I went there with the life is short, um, but it's it's true. I will definitely post that article because the visual was impactful. Also, I despise the perception of time speeding up as I age. God damn, that gets to me. It just goes quicker the older I get. And uh, uh, yeah, other people feel the same. Moving on to another why. As I mentioned earlier, pretty much all of your thoughts are, are something that, you, that you've read or, or heard. And, and most of your thoughts are the, are the same day in, day out. And I mean, I, I personally pride myself on reading or, or listening to new things every day in order to stimulate myself and, and I'll just chat to anyone about it who will listen. But still, the majority of my thoughts are, are much the same every day too because our brains are lazy. We operate on system one, which is fast, instinctive, emotional. So we have two thinking systems. System one, that type of thinking results in biases such as cognitive ease, but it's useful and it's efficient and it enables us to make quick decisions. 
And then system two is slower. It's more deliberate and logical and it allows us to critically think. It solves problems and it tends to kick in when there's new stimuli, but it's uncomfortable. And pretty much no one operates in that way 100% of the time. Now, I'm actually referencing Daniel Kahneman here. Um, He wrote an amazing book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. I highly recommend. I haven't actually finished it yet. It's a heavy-duty book um, and it's really thought-provoking. And I like to really think about things when I'm reading them. But it's given me metacognition about that. Although he did say himself, despite knowing, you can't really do a whole lot about it to mitigate for the cognitive biases. But still, it's worth a read. Anyway, I see this podcast as a way to channel my learnings into something meaningful, not just as a hobby and, you know, to be using my system too. And also the fact that it's meaningful to me, at least, I mean, it's not talking about other people. It's it's talking about ideas, which I believe is the height of human thinking. Now, me saying that doesn't need to ostracize anyone. It's not about being smart or dumb, whatever smart or dumb actually means because we all have this conventional view of intelligence and I don't really view it that way because there are many different types of intelligence and our society just tends to benefit those who for want of a better word are academic. Anyway back to the point this podcast is meaningful well it's a meaningful endeavor for me and I intend to pursue meaning in my life not happiness. I'll explain. So happiness seems to be a pot of gold if pursued. There's a lot of, you know, talk about happiness now in the ether and so many books about it. But from what I gather, happiness will come as a byproduct from meaning. The pure pursuit of happiness as an end goal tends to send us spiraling into the the pursuit of pleasure, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Now, my full-time job certainly gives me meaning because I'm helping people But working for the NHS is tough. I shan't delve into it too much as I'm a professional, but it can take advantage of your good nature. So I'd be side hustling with some meaning. And yeah, I I see that as as another one of my whys. But I've been yabbering for how long now? Oh, 28 minutes. Went pretty fast for me. Hopefully not slow for you. Means I was having fun and you weren't. And it's just me and it's 3am on a Wednesday morning and I am up in three hours for work. So I'll be saying I'll be the same. Just to let you know, this podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Spotify. So please subscribe, follow. Um, I also have Instagram and Facebook account. So it's at the pseudo intellect um, on Insta and at the pseudo intellect podcast on Facebook. So yes, I do post on there articles, links mentioned in the episodes. So until the next time, God bless you.